This is episode number 162 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stanett. Everybody, welcome back to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and professional speaker and presenter. And if you were with us last week, I covered part one of a session or a two-part session anyway on on uh, job interviews. And last week we covered how to reduce nervousness when you're on one of these job interviews or a sales call or any other type of situation where somebody's going to ask you a, um, a series. It could be a deposition, I guess. You could do that as well. Um, but anytime somebody's going to be asking you tough questions, these are some simple things that you can do to reduce your nervousness. This week, I'm going to give you a very simple three-step process that's going to help you answer any tough question that an interviewer asks you. And, and by the way, you want to make sure and stick around until the end on this session. I'm going to share with you a secret that will allow you to absolutely take charge of a job interview or a sales call and take all the pressure off of the person who's actually doing the interviewing um, and, and make it easy for that person to hire, to make hiring you an easy choice anyway. That's going to be in like the last seven minutes or so uh, of the session. So you want to make sure and stick around. Hey, by the way, the podcast is brought to you by the two-day fearless presentations, public speaking class. Uh, talked for a little last couple of weeks about how the COVID restrictions are being reduced in state by state. Uh, so we're finally beginning to schedule our in-person public speaking classes again. By the way, if you're in one of the states that is still fairly closed, um, our or if, if you just for con convenience sake, you want to uh, attend one of our virtual classes, they're still there. We still have the virtual classes scheduled every month. Um, and in fact, um, in the la a week ago, we closed the Dallas Fort Worth class that's that's in April. I think by the time that this is released, that one's going to be already gone anyway. So no big deal. Um, but we still have seats available, as, at least at the time of recording. There's still seats available in Tampa and Houston. Both of those are in May. And then also Las Vegas and Atlanta are in June. Um, I'll be teaching the Las Vegas class, by the way. So if you want to come to a class that I'm teaching to, that's a really good one to pop into. Um, Atlanta is also going to be in June as well. Airline tickets are still really cheap. Um, I've uh, we the in-person uh, types of events and things that that we that a lot of companies have stopped doing had stopped doing anyway during COVID, we're starting to get more and more of those. I think I've booked in the last couple of weeks. I think I've just personally I've booked like six or seven different flights. Um, all of them have been like dirt cheap compared to what I was used to pre-COVID. So still very, the prices on flights are pretty cheap. Hotels are almost nothing. I mean, I'm, they, they, we're getting really, really nice hotel rooms for like under a hundred bucks and uh, in, a, in a lot of places. So if, if you've ever wanted to get better at public speaking and you wanted to go to one of our in-person classes, make sure and look at one of those um, classes. The details are on fearlesspresentations.com, fearlesspresentations.com. Look, um, look that up and 
if you're interested, make sure and register for one of those classes pretty quickly. We only have a few of them and the seating is, is limited. So if you're interested in going, make sure and do that fairly quickly. Uh, by the way, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure and do that. And if you like the content that we're putting out, make sure and give us a five-star rating on your podcasting platform and, and write a review for me. Um, the uh, if, you, if you like what we're doing here and you like some of the, the, the content, then make sure and kind of tell me about it. Uh, not only do I like to see that, I like to, to get the feedback back good or bad by the way but hopefully it's good uh, but you know it's good for my for the for my team members as well to kind of hear that some of the stuff that we're putting out is is really starting to hit home all right so let's get on with the today's topic today's podcast so in this session we're going to pick up right where we left off last week on job interviews or sales interviews consulting interviews any of that any time that you're in some type of an interview where the person who you're interviewing with may ask you difficult questions. These are some some tips that you can use. Um, what when um, one at the very end of last week's sessions, I talked about some different research that you can do. And the the better that you are at doing the research, the easier it's going to be for you to anticipate what kind of questions that that person is likely going to ask you, or at least. The types of questions that are outside of kind of the standard, you know, 10 questions that that get asked in every single interview anyway. So if you can anticipate what those tough questions are that are going to be specific to the job that you're interviewing for, that makes the whole process a whole lot easier. So um, and I talked about this last week, but just as a review, the interviewer will often use the the resume as the weed out process to to determine who is not qualified to be a candidate for the position. And so if you make it to the interview process, then at least the interview, the interviewer, the person who is who's making that decision believes that you are somewhat qualified for this position. So a lot of times they're going to use the interview as a way to see if you can work well with the team. So the more you can find out about that person and about the team atmosphere, the easier, easier it's going to be for you to make a good first impression. So these were the things that I suggested that you that you do as far as research go last week. And we kind of went over them in a cursory format last week, but I'll, I'll cover them again and I'll kind of also tell you why that's important. So the very first thing, and this is the if, you, if this is the only thing you do, you have to absolutely have to do this. You want to do a Google search for the company <laughs> that you're looking for, because not only do you want to find their website and see what they say about themselves on the About Us page, but you also want to see what, what is written about them. You want to find out what other um, entities are saying things about, about this company. Is it, um, you know, what, what kind of things are out there? Because um, you, you'll kind of get a better idea of how the marketplace sees this organization anyway. Um, once you kind of do that cursory search and and um, get and get kind of the general type of, of information about the company, the next thing you want to do is hit the news button underneath the search bar on Google, and that will give you any relevant news, any type of news articles or publications or blogs or anything like that that have been written about that company, most of the time, this can be a really good source of information because in especially in really big companies, there's a good chance that whatever is in the media is something that somebody in that company, a marketing person of some type, has put in a press release somewhere along the way and given it to the the, the uh, reporters. And, and that's why it was that's why they got written about. 
Um, but a lot of times you can find things like interviews with executives. You know, sometimes the executives will be interviewed. Um, they might be interviewed on podcasts and that kind of thing. So if you can kind of, if you can hear podcasts of the, especially if the person who is interviewing you has done one or two, that's, that's fantastic as well. But if you can find executives in the company where they've spoken at different events or, um, or, you know, you've got YouTube videos or any of that kind of stuff you can find about them, it really helps a lot. So, so overall Google searches and then make sure and hit the news button to see if there's anything newsworthy or relevant uh, from the company. The next thing that you want to do, and this is really one of the more important things, especially for the interview, is you want to search for that company's name and then also add the words kind of corporate values or core values at the end of the the company name and then hit a search on, on Google. And most of the time, you're going to find a place on the company's website where it's going to say, these are our core values, right? Or you might find a mission, vision statement, that kind of thing. Any of those kind of things can, can be helpful. But the reason why the values are, are critical is that a lot of companies um, use those values when they make hiring decisions. I know we do here at the Leaders Institute. If you want to be hired by the Leaders Institute, you better go look at our values and see what we prioritize. What are the things that we're really looking for? And if you can show in that interview that you are good at those things that we value, now you're now you're you're um, at a at a much higher ranking than people who didn't take the time to to do that. So that is an easy. I mean, that's a, just a simple step that you can take to make sure that when you are interviewed, you are seen in a more positive light by identifying what those values are and then make sure that um, that instances anyway from your experience where you um, where you portrayed any of those values actually show that they, they get reinforced during that, that interview. The next thing that you want to do is you want to do a Google search for the actual interviewer, the person who you're going to be meeting with, just put that person's name into Google. Most of the time when you put that person's name into Google, you're going to get Facebook and you're going to get um, lots of social media and stuff like that. YouTube, maybe if they're doing, if they have a YouTube channel, if they're trainers or something like that, you might get that. But for the most part, the very first thing that's going to pop up is their LinkedIn profile. And that's really what is going to be valuable here. You can go in just by glancing at that person's LinkedIn profile, you can find out a lot about that person. You can find out what that person values, what they're really into, what they like. You can find out if they've donated to charities. You can find out if they volunteered. Um, you can find out what kind of work experience they've had, how long they've been in the position that they're in, what their title is, um, all kinds of information uh, about that person. And um, if, if you, as you kind of look more deeply in that person's kind of history, you can find out, what kind of challenges, what kind of problems that that person is likely to experience in his or her position? Like if they are in a specific position within a company, then um, you can you can kind of anticipate what kind of challenges that somebody in that position might have. So like, for instance, if you're if um, let's say you're being interviewed by a, a human resource generalist of some type. Well, you, you can pretty much anticipate that um, that some of the challenges with hiring is that a lot of times they are going to be hiring for positions that they are not experts on, right? So if um, if if the HR generalist is actually um, hiring people for the HR department, that's going to be an inter easy interview. If they're hiring accountants, that's going to be much tougher. So that's going to be a challenge. So if you can help that person overcome that challenge, 
then that's going to make you be seen in, in a more positive light. So you can kind of anticipate some of those things and, and make that person's job easier during the interview process. They're going to like you a whole lot better. And then the last thing, and this is really the most important thing, is that once you find that person on LinkedIn, you're going to see that they have a, a job title. And what you want to do is just copy and paste that job title into Google. And when you do, you're going to get articles or blog posts about challenges or problems that, that people with that specific title or topic have. Right. So, so basically you can kind of go in without having, now you don't have to guess, you don't have to guess what kind of challenges that that person has. You can actually see it right. Right. And from research that other people have, have done. So the more that you know about the, the problems that that person is experiencing and the challenges, the, the easier it's going to be, um, by the way, it's also a fairly good idea, even though you are an expert at what you do is to take the um, the job title that they put in the posting and put that into Google and do the same thing. And you can kind of find out what what challenges are, are popping up in that title as well. And you'll and that will help you kind of refresh your memory and be able to bring those things up when you're on the job interview as well. So all of those things are really important. The, re the more research that you do, the easier, the, the more comfort you're going to level you're going to have when you actually start the, the process, you go into the interview. So the next thing that we're going to cover is a step-by-step -step process to help you answer really tough job interview questions when you are under pressure, right? Uh, and by the way, I'm going to give you just the overview here, and, and then we'll go into a little bit more detail. But the absolute best way to answer a question um, is is to answer it quickly, by the way. So basically, if they ask you a fairly simple question, just give them the, the simple answer. But immediately, you want to follow up with an example from your own experience. So for instance, let's say that that the interviewer interviewer asks you a question like, um, what's the biggest, let's say you're interviewing for a project manager position or something like that. And they say, what's the biggest challenge that you've seen as a, as a project manager? And kind of think for a second, well, the quick and easy thing, <laughs> the quick and easy answer for that is, when somebody outside of the project uh, puts unrealistic expectations, especially on the schedule, that's got to be a really big challenge. I'm not a project manager, but I'm assuming that that's going to be a really big challenge for most project managers. And if you just say that and stop, it's a decent answer. It's a good answer. But what you really want to do is follow up with an, with an example from your own experience about how somebody gave you an unrealistic time frame and you still got the job done, right? So you can just kind of follow up with say, here, I'll give you an example. A couple of years ago, I was working on the such and such project and we had these things that came in and there, and we had weather and different challenges, all that kind of stuff happened. Um, but we were still able to, because of the organization and keeping, you know, those, those uh, milestones in, in, in order, we were able to kind of tick them all off. And when that unrealistic time frame actually hit, we actually hit it. <laughs> so, so um, it does make things more challenging, but it's also what makes the, the job fun and makes it really rewarding when you're able to pull something like that off, right? So basically you can use an example from your own experience to show you how you are the miracle worker, right? So that, that makes it a whole lot easier. Um, so basically, and, and um, that, that helps you show yourself as the expert, um, but it, it, when you do this, it, it also, um, the, the, the thing that the interviewer wants to see is they want to see if, if the experience that you have is going to help his or her team solve problems. And an example like that would be really easy for them to see, oh, great. So if I bring this guy on, or if I bring this person on, 
then that person is going to help help me solve problems. So each of your the the interview answers that you give, if you show how you have solved problems in the past, then you're going to show that you're qualified for this job as well, or for this position as well, or for this sale as well, right? So basically what we're going to cover in the, the next few minutes is a simple three-step process to help you answer, you know, these, these interview questions really professionally. But, but before we kind of go into the process, there's one really, really important thing that I have to cover to, it's, it's really important. Uh, it, it's what happens if you get asked a question where you aren't exactly sure the purpose, right? It's one of those things that a lot of times, if you just, if you're not under, if you don't understand why that person asked that question, sometimes you can blurt out an answer and that answer will put you on the wrong side uh, of the of the of what the interviewer is really looking for. If that happens, one of the things that you want to do is you want to ask what I call a clarifying question. You especially want to do this if the answer that you're likely to give is somewhat polarizing. If there if it's if it's one of those answers that some people are really on board with and some people are not, right? So and and vice versa, that kind of thing, right? So uh, to ask a, a clarifying question, I, I'll, I'll just give you an example. Um, this is actually from my own experience. Last position that I hired for was for a website manager. And one of the questions that I asked the, the candidates was, um, how do you feel about website builder programs like Divi Builder or Elementor, Wix, those, those kind of things, right? So I, I asked that. To, I asked every single person that I interviewed that specific question. It's amazing how few people actually asked me to clarify that. Why, why, why? Wow, that's interesting. That's an interesting question. Why do you ask that, right? Um, by the, and the reason why is because I had a very specific reason for asking that question. The last website manager that I hired overused the builder programs. And, and basically what happened was those, those programs inserted a bunch of irrelevant code to the websites, to my websites, and slowed them down, which hurt us in search engine ranking. So it took forever to, to kind of fix. It's not like the person did a bad job. It's just that it was one of those things that we didn't anticipate would happen. And now that we know what happened, we want to make sure it doesn't happen again, right? So let's say that that interviewee, the person that is that is interviewing for for this specific job, um, just answers the question. So if I say, so how do you feel about these builder programs? Um, if the person just says, oh, they're fantastic, these programs can add a whole lot of flashy content to your website. If if he doesn't know the context, <laughs> then then that the answer that he just gave immediately excluded him from being considered any further. It doesn't matter how he answers any other question that I have. I, I could have 15 or 20 additional questions. I don't care what he says after that, because he's probably just excluded himself from consideration. However, if he started the, if he started by giving the answer that, um, and, and like, for instance, if he said something like, um, well, you know, the answer to that question is that it really depends on how the builders are used, you know, but Hey, do you mind if I ask you something real quick? And by the way, if you ask permission to do that, then a lot of times it kind of diffuses the person or kind of it kind of um, uh, makes it a little bit easier for the person to say, yeah, no, sure, go ahead. Um, and, and then if, if that person says something like, um, has something happened in the past here that has made the, the builder programs more or less important? Now, after that person asked me that question, 
right? And I, I'm most likely going to go and tell them the horror story about what happened in my past experience and that kind of thing. Well, now he's got the context. And so now um, he could he could play back in his head something similar that happened to him. He could say something like, yeah, you know what? We had a similar challenge to that a couple of years ago at the company I was, that I'm, I'm currently working at. Um, we, we use the Divi Builder which I know that I know that you use on at your company as well. And, and because it did so many cool things, we kept adding more and more code, right? Kept more adding more and more of these things. And within a few months, we started noticing that our organic search traffic has actually dropped. And then after doing a ton of analysis, we realized it sounds like as you did that the problem was the reduced page speed. This is the pages weren't loading as fast enough. And so people weren't waiting. So basically, we had to go in and do a lot. We basically went in and found things that were repetitive, the code that was repetitive, and we just added that to the CSS code. It took a lot of time, but it increased the website speed dramatically, helped boost us back up in the search engine rankings. And having made that mistake in the past, you know, your websites are likely going to be in good hands with me because I wouldn't want to make that same mistake again. Right. So basically, by by this person kind of going and giving an example of how he learned a lesson from from doing something very similar. Now, all of a sudden, I've got rapport with that person. He and I are in lockstep and there's a good chance that I'm hiring that person like right away. Right? I mean, like, wow, you you know exactly what I'm looking for on this thing. Right. So basically, that's the technique that we're going to kind of show you how to how to do here. We're going to ask a clarifying question if you need to. You don't have to. Um, that's only if you anticipate that the answer that you're going to give is going to either has the potential anyway to, to turn the person off, but, but ask a clarifying question, but then go into the three-step process. So basically this three-step process for answering job interview questions is you want to start with an example from your experience, something that you have done that solved that problem for somebody else in the past. Stories about your experience, they do a couple of really cool things. First, your nervousness is going to decrease dramatically because as you recall the incident, you come, when you come up with a specific incident of, or a specific project that you worked on that relates to the answer to this question, all you really have to do is play the movie in your head that pops in and just explain to the interviewer what's happening in that, that little movie from your memory. It's easy. It doesn't take any thought process and you can put in lots of details and um, and your nervousness will drop down pretty dramatic, dramatically when you do it. And one of the coolest things that this does, by the way, is that the interviewer can't really question the validity of your story because it's your experience. It's something that's true. It happened. There's no way that that interviewer can, There's no, they wouldn't do this anyway, but there's no way that that person go, ah, that doesn't sound true. That doesn't sound right because it really happened. It's a real life story, right? The second thing that's really cool about these examples is that um, that you get a chance to share your experience, your expertise without making it sound like you're bragging, right? A lot of times what people will do in an interview is they'll say, well, what are your qualifications? And they just go down a laundry list of, of things that they're, that they've done or history that they've had and that kind of thing. And that, it's just boring. And it sounds like you're bragging and stuff like that. And it, it you, you can 
it can come across okay, but it also has the potential to to be negative. So you got to be very careful. The interviewer don't really does want to know. They want to hear about your expertise. So being able to relay stories and examples of your expertise gives them more details than just a list of the the things that you've done. Um, by the way, uh, ex- the examples um, about how you solve similar problems in the past. That's going to help you explain how you can help them solve problems and challenges that that they're experiencing now. Anyway, so once you understand the 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 question, you know, all you really have to do is pause for a second and then think in your head. All right, when was the last time that I fixed a problem like this at my current job or a past job? Right? When was it? When was the last time? Whatever question it is that they ask, when was the last time that I solved a challenge like that? Or when was the last time I saw something like that happen? And then whatever image pops into your head is probably going to be a fairly good example. Alternatively, you can ask your, you can, if you know the answer to the question, if they ask you a specific question and, and the answer kind of pops into your head, then after you have the answer, instead of just kind of blurting the answer out really quickly, what you want to, what you want to ask yourself is when did I discover that? <laughs> when did I, when did I figure out that that was? was the right answer. I mean, I know that's the right answer. So what situation happened to me in my past that caused me to know that that specific thing is, is the answer? And that's there's going to be a story related to that. So all of those, those types of situations are things that you can do. Um, after, By the way, after you tell the story, you don't just leave it there. You know, that's what a lot of people do is they might give an example of, of their experience. And by the way, that's better than what most people do. And you're, and you're most likely going to have a favorable impression from the person that's interviewing you. But you also have to do what, what salespeople call ask for the sale, right? Then when sales trainers, when sales trainers, one of the biggest challenges that sales trainers will kind of bring up over and over again to salespeople is that most people don't buy something because nobody ever asked them to buy it, right? And so if you want the job, you have to make the suggestion that they actually hire you. So, so, um, so when you get into the details of that story, spend anywhere from 30 seconds minimum to maybe two minutes or so, giving them the details about what happened in that story, then transition to a suggestion to the inter- that the interviewer hire you, right? The person that's doing the questions. Ask, ask that that person hire you. So you can use phrases like, so if you hire me or if you trust me to lead this project or whatever it is, that those, those transition phrases can help. Um, so, and then the last thing that you want to do after telling the story and then suggesting that they hire you is to finish with how, if they do hire you, if they do this thing, that then that particular problem is going to be solved. So don't all overcomplicate this process. This is really simple. Simple is better than complicated. So it could be something as simple like, you know, so if you hire me, then your website is going to look phenomenal and, and the code will stay clean and fast, I promise. <laughs> so, so basically, really, really simple. Go back and reiterate what happened in that story and how that the new company can experience a, a very similar thing. So basically, you're just you just want to reinforce that solution that that you're bringing to the table. All right. So that is the simple three step process. Like I said, I told you it was simple. It's really easy. Come up with an example or story. Tell them that they should hire you and tell them why it's a good benefit to them. You know how they're going to solve a problem if they if they hire you. Um, so I want to finish up with a, a couple of really quick things that are going to be important. I'm, I'm going to give you a list of questions 
that tend to come up a lot. These are questions that are kind of weird. You know, these are things that are outside of it. They're, they're questions that are kind of normal in a job interview, but it's the only place that they're normal, right? So it's not questions that you typically get asked. And so if you hear these questions for the first time, if you haven't done a job interview, you know, some of us do, is, have worked for the same company for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, or maybe it's our first job, you know, first big job interview. And we just don't hear questions like this a lot. Then these are ones that are probably, they, they have a high potential anyway to make it more challenging. And I'll, and I'll show you a, a really quick example of how you can use the technique for, for these as well. And then the last thing that I'm going to cover are um, some questions that you can ask of the interviewer. Because that's a, that's another thing that that can cause a challenge in the interview process as, as well. So these are just a few of the the questions, and you'll see why um, they they can be a challenge. So like one of this is one of the main questions that gets get asked at at the beginning of almost every interview, and most almost nobody ever prepares for it. Tell me about yourself, right? So tell me about yourself. Um, so really what you want to do in that situation is you want to pick out whatever that biggest problem is that you think that that that, that the um, company or the person who's interviewing you is experiencing and, and just say, well, you know, basically what I do is I help people. And then whatever that problem is, that's what you tell them you do. And then give them a quick example, just a really quick example of how you've. And sometime in your past, you've, you've kind of done that. Yeah. And you can actually go into your education and stuff like that. But basically, you want to show them how you're the problem solver. This is the other one that people almost no, no, never prepare for. So, hey, so by the way, why do you want this job? <laughs> right. Why do you want why do you want this job? Oh, man. Oh, God, I didn't expect that. That is that, that should be the one major question that you should expect. So you want to have an example of why this particular job is going to be a good, good fit for you. Um, uh, so what do you know about our company? You know, and obviously if you've done the research, that's going to help you answer that question a little bit better. Um, what do you know about the requirements for this job? Yeah. So, um, and by the way, I'm going to give you a sample question that you can ask at the beginning of the, of the interview that will help you with that one, by the way, in, in a, in a couple of minutes, um, uh, another question would be, uh, so why do you want to work for, blank company. Why do you want to work for this company? Um, another, these are ones that are a little bit more standard and they should be a little bit easier. So what do you think your greatest strengths are? What do you, what is, what are your biggest weaknesses? Tell me about a challenge or a conflict that, that you faced at work and, and how you overcame it. Why are you leaving your current job? <laughs> you know, why are you, why are you, why are you, why are you interviewing here? Why are you not just continuing to do what you're doing now? Right. Um, what type of work environment do you prefer? Um, basically, each of those questions are things that there's a good chance that at least a few of those, if not all of them, are going to come up somewhere in, in a job interview. And so you want to have some, some pretty decent answers. So I'll give you an example how you can use the technique here that I, that I showed you. Remember, start with a story or example. Tell them that they should still hire you, <laughs> that they should hire you, and then tell them how they're going to benefit from it. So let's say, let's just pick one of those. Let's say that the question was, so, hey, so why do you want to work for our company? Well, you can say something like, you know, a few days, a few days before I actually sent you my resume, I did a Google search for your company and I added the words 
corporate values after it, just to kind of see what popped up. The first thing that came up was your company's five core values, which is what I was really looking for. At the top of the list, by the way, was safety. Now, obviously, we know that what we do is inherently dangerous. And so the fact that safety is at the top, that was really important to me. I want to go home to my family every night, that kind of thing. Uh, but the second one was the one that really kind of hit closer to home because um, it made me, it's what really wanted to more, made me want to work here with, with your company. And the, the second one on your values was mutual respect. And everyone that I have interacted with from this company so far, um, and then you can kind of name the two or three people that you've interacted with, including yourself, by the way, shows um, with every one of the interactions that that they, they, that they have, that you all have mutual respect for each other. And also for me, which is some guy that you just met, which, which I really appreciate. And that's really the kind of team that I want to be a part of. That's why, that's why I sent my resume in immediately after kind of going through that list. Oh, right. Does that make sense? So, so basically you can kind of just add You can, if you, if you notice all I did was I told the the quote unquote story or the example of, of how I did the research on the company. So now this person now knows that I'm serious enough to actually do some research on the company and also knows that I really want the job. Uh, so I killed two birds with one stone. So, so if you kind of prepare for these specific questions, you can formulate answers or at least stories, come up with stories that help you um, get your, your concepts across. Um, uh, by the way, um, the, the the final question, the fin final thing that kind of stumps people a lot on the interview process is at the end of a lot of interviews, they, they'll say, well, do you have any questions for me? And when that happens, a lot of times people panic and they, they're like, oh my God, I don't have a question. So they just make one up. And a lot of times, um, you know, the, the, the since it since that question kind of stumps the interviewee, um, you know, when they're on the spot, they, they sometimes they'll just kind of throw out some kind of strange question. And then at the end, they kind of regret, oh, my God, I can't believe I asked that stupid question. Right. So so remember that that in a job interview, you are also interviewing the the interviewer as well, because ultimately, if you're offered a job, it's up to you as to whether or not you want to accept it. They can make you an offer you can't refuse. But, you know, if you find that the culture of that organization is really not the type of company that you want to work for, it, it, that happens quite often where you go through the interview process and halfway through the interview process, you kind of go, I don't think I really work, want to work for this company anyway. Right. So basically it's a, it's a two-way street. So if you can ask good questions, it, it will it will help you identify whether or not this is a good fit for you as well. Um, uh, and by the way, I, I'm going to give you the first question. This is the one I mentioned that I was going to talk about earlier. And, and this is a good question to ask just as the interview begins. So this is before that person has asked you any questions, you, pleasantries, you know, you've kind of told them who you are and that kind of thing. Um, then a question that I like to ask or that I would suggest you ask anyway is, hey, by the way, before we get started, do you mind if I ask you a, a quick question? Like I mentioned before, asking permission will lower the guard of the person who's doing the interview, because now I'm asking to ask a question of that person. And just and then you can just kind of say, hey, I've read the job description over and over. And I, and I think I have a really good idea of kind of what you're looking for. But, you, but could you perhaps tell me in your own words, you know, what, what you're really looking for in this position? And now all of a sudden I am now the interviewee is becoming the interviewer, right? <laughs> Basically what I'm doing here is I'm letting that person kind of sell me on why, you know, the, this job. 
right? I'm letting the, I'm kind of turning the tables just a, a little bit. And basically it makes that interviewer's job, the person that, that is asked that's supposed to be asking me questions, makes that person's job a little easier, by the way, because now I'm kind of taking control. I'm taking some of the pressure off of that person um, and, and making it, making the conversation easier for that person as well, because most people, it's easier for them to answer questions than it is to ask questions, right? So, and then as the job interview progresses, then you might ask a question like this. Hey, by the way, what are some of the challenges that, that you've had with previous people in this position or with the position itself? You know, what are some of the things that have popped up? Because that's going to let you uncover those obstacles, the things that he or she is kind of looking for in, in the potential candidate. So if you can kind of find out what they didn't like about the person who had this job previously, and you can kind of paint yourself in a, in a different role and kind of show how that's not going to happen with you. Now, now you've got a, a, better, um, a better shot at, at getting the job. Um, another question that you can ask them is uh, this, and this could be anywhere in the conversation, especially in that ending question where they say, Hey, so do you have any questions for me? Um, well, you know, this, this looks like a really, and then just put the appropriate adjective in there, in there. This looks like a really fun company. This looks like a really exciting company. This looks like a really inspirational company. This looks like a really thorough, co- whatever it is, whatever the, the adjective is place to work. Right. Um, what, what do you really enjoy most about working here? So basically, let them now sell you. What is it that, and by the way, it will tell you a little bit and it'll help you uh, tell you a little bit about the culture that they have there and whether or not this is going to be a good fit for you as well. But it also kind of ends the, the interview on, on kind of a positive note because now this person is telling you how great it is to work for this company and how awesome the, uh, the, 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 the things that they do there are and that kind of thing. The, another question that you get asked would be, hey, so what would you say is the biggest advantage that your company has over um, your, your competitors, right? Um, or another question might be, um, are there certain characteristics that, characteristics that you're not looking for in this position? That might be one of those clarifying questions early on. So the things that, that, things that you want to not have, you know, the characteristics that people, hey, if this person has this characteristics, they're probably not a good fit for this position. Um, and then um, one, of the, one of the questions I kind of encourage people to end with is, Hey, so when I get this job, is there anything that I would need to keep my eye out on, eye out for, right? So when you actually hire me, what would be kind of things that I would need to keep my eye on to, to make sure that everything is going really, really well and just kind of see what happens if, if it's okay. So when you are hired, right? then okay, great. I got the job. There it is. Great. You just offered it to me, right? So anyway, it's a, it's a good way to, to kind of end on a positive. The, show, the person who's interviewing you will catch that you have not actually been hired yet and will we'll probably smile a little bit when, when answering the question. But again, it, it ends the conversation on a real positive note. So if you keep those things in mind when you go through one of these interview processes, it, it can make the process a whole lot easier for both parties and, and make sure that you're seen in a really favorable light during that process. All right. So thanks a lot for being a part of Fearless Presentations. Make sure and go to uh, fearlesspresentations.com and look at the show notes on this. There is lots of additional information that I didn't get a chance to cover in, in the, um, the the session here. So you can kind of go through it step by step. Just look the, look up the word job interview. If, if, you, if you're listening to this recording sometime way past when it was recorded, um, just type the word job interview into the, the search bar on fearlesspresentations.com. It'll come up and we'll see you guys next week week on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Bye, y'all.
subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.